part of the thing I love about space exploration is if you're in the middle of your day and doing something and you're a little stressed out about it, and then you get that push notification of like, something cool happened on Proxima B that we discovered. And you open and you're like, you know what? The, the world is a bigger, fascinating place than whatever it is that I'm stressed out about right now. Yeah, There's cool things happening that I have no control over. And like, there's a world bigger than me right now. And none of this had to happen. You didn't have to be here experiencing it. But there's a thing that's violent and changing and beautiful and, like, it created everything around us. And we just get to be here kind of witnessing it sometimes. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to At Least There's This, a show about some of the small silver linings in a world of dirty dishes and stubbed toes and a president who's going to get us all killed. So if you can't tell by the title, this is another space episode, which uh, I go crazy for. I love talking about space and science and awe with people. If you guys don't know what space is, just go ahead and go outside, turn off all the lights, and look up. That's space. You're also in space. We're all in space. It's everywhere. You can never get it off you, no matter how many showers you take. That dirty, dirty space. Okay, I'm getting dumb. Um, my guest and I, we both nerd out really hard on space, and we do kind of a deep dive on a really specific experiment which you guys might want to look into i'll do my best right now to kind of explain some things that we miss but anyway it's called ligo or the laser interferometer gravitational wave observatory and it's cool shit it is one of the biggest most expensive instruments ever built and by instrument i literally mean instrument when two giant things like two black holes collide in space they send out waves like sound waves pulsing through air but there's no medium of air there so they just ripple space time and this was part of einstein's theory of relativity for a long time nobody could prove it and just about a year or so ago they finally turned this giant four kilometer instrument on and not too long after boom there it is a first recording of a gravitational wave it's incredible it's so crazy and people spend their lives and billions of dollars just trying to do this, just trying to listen to the universe, to hear two black holes collide over a billion years ago. But what we get to in this podcast, more than just the cool shit that happens, we get to the why. Like, why do people do this? Why should we value this? Well, uh, this one comes from the OG. This is some Sagan shit right here. So... In the very first scene, he says this. The surface of the Earth is the shore of the cosmic ocean. On this shore, we've learned most of what we know. Recently, and he's saying this in, I think, the 80s, we've waded a little way out, maybe ankle deep, and the water seems inviting. Some part of our being knows this is where we came from. We long to return, and we can, because the cosmos is also within us. We are made of star stuff. We are a way for the cosmos to know itself. This was a fun episode. I hope you guys enjoy it. Look over your shoulder if you're trying to merge into traffic and enjoy. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to At Least There's This, a podcast about some of the small silver linings in our world that is a garbage fire falling on top of a raccoon, not in a cute way. I don't want to talk about that right now. I want to talk about something much more beautiful in a world where... 
the news is just constantly slipping out of our hands. At least there's space exploration. I am with the amazing Bridget Greenberg, one of the many incredible people who are now formerly of Cracked in their title, and we're going to talk about space. Yeah. But before we do that, can you just introduce yourself to my audience? Yeah, I am Bridget Greenberg. As Alex has said, I am formerly of Cracked. I was a producer there and performed and wrote a little bit there, and now I am producing and writing and performing elsewhere. I have a project in the works with Small Beans which is uh, a Patreon that you can go and support where many of the crack people have now gone and created fun stuff. Really, really good stuff. I'm always amazed by um, the amount of talent that has come out of that formerly of cracked diaspora. I think that's all our official job titles (laughs) now to perpetuate that is we were cracked. Now we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. You got to get that on business cards. And formerly like, of cracked. Yeah, formerly of cracked. Yeah, the amount of LinkedIn profiles that just say formerly of cracked as <laughs> if that's a job title. I used to have a job title. Yeah, yeah oh, I know how that is. <laughs> yeah. You're like, you're just in limbo now and you want to convince people like, I used to matter. I'm a working professional. <laughs> I'm not currently working, yeah. but I am a working professional. But I could be if you want to hire me. So you are about to do a podcast on small beans, which again, we've had two Small Beans contributors on the show so far. Everybody should listen to their podcast. They're really good. Um, You produce videos as well. I do. You've seen my production work on Cracked, on College Humor, and you have not seen it on multiple short films that no one will ever see. No one? I mean, people will, but like, who goes to see short films? Are you an optimist? Are you a pessimist? Neither, both? I have a really hard time putting myself in a category of one or the other. I, I've been told I'm a pessimist, but I really am fighting that. But I guess that's what I come off to as people. But basically, my worldview is kind of everybody is doing what they think is the best thing. But people have bad ideas. <laughs> um, and that doesn't always work out. And then I'm not an observant Jewish person by any means. But one of the things I do like in Judaism is the idea of tikkun olam, which is the world is broken and it's people's jobs to fix it. So there's kind of both ethos in that thing of like, yeah, there's a shitty hand being dealt, but people could make it better. When you, okay, when you said like, well, I people have told me I'm a pessimist, but I don't want to be one yeah what that screams out to my head is like no you're just jewish yeah that's yeah that's probably true our people have been dealt bad hands many a times and have rebuilt from that also many of times so it's there's something inherently bad but also good in the human spirit Mm. that you have to believe in that people can make things better but things are inherently shitty sometimes it's not just good Right. I think that kind of comes from the Garden of Eden story. It's like things yeah. were good one time. Yeah. We started off with a good idea. And then, and then people we, got greedy and yeah. selfish. And like those things exist in the world. And I don't think you can move about the world ignoring that that's a quality in people. And that ruins some things. Yeah. And oftentimes the people who are most greedy and selfish, would you say, are the ones who think they're doing 
they think they're doing the best job and they're also the loudest. Like yeah. that's they also are very convincing people. Yes. Who can I don't know, con their way into being president. President, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Or even just a person who runs an Etsy shop that's right. very convincing. A, a very pushy <laughs> Etsy shop. Uh just as bad as anything else. Yeah. I mean, it sounds when you're describing those people, it just sounds like uh spending a day in Venice. Yeah. <laughs> I have yeah. many friends in Venice, they're great people, but there is also a lot of that in Venice too. There's a lot of that in Venice. I I don't think it's I don't think it's harmful, but it is annoying. Oh boy. Oh it's, boy, howdy. Yeah. Uh if you can go to Venice, especially if you're a tourist, if you're a tourist and you're new to LA, go to Venice and attempt not to take a CD from someone. <laughs> attempt to walk away without someone's mixtape. You will feel like a terrible person at the end of it. You got to take one. You got to take at least one. You got to take one and listen to it on the car ride home and then never again. And you realize like, oh man, I wish I hadn't taken that. Yeah. This sucks. Yeah. But uh, you're going to walk away with one. Oh my God. Unless uh, you're a bad person or I... have lived in... LA for long for enough. For long enough. Yeah. I am definitely a bad person. Yeah, I mean, if you if you're native to LA, or have lived in no one's native to LA, but uh if you've lived in LA long enough, you're okay just walking by, but if you're a tourist, that's a trap. Yeah. And it's hard. I mean, I'm a pushover. And I have also worked in comedy theaters where I've been made to hand out flyers, so <laughs> I yeah, so I know, like, just take it. They don't care what you do. Just take it take so they can go back inside. So I take things from people on the street all the time. And just throw it away from yeah. them. I, I mean, even yeah. when they don't ask me to, I just take things from people I see on the street. <laughs> hey, that's my baby. You're welcome. Yeah, I got it for you now. You can go so back many inside. Not mine, babies. Where do you keep them? We don't have to talk about that. No, I mean, we don't. We're here to talk about space. Although, mm-hmm. maybe that's where you keep them. I just fire them off into rockets. <laughs> just like. Starman uh, is just a bunch of babies in a suit. <laughs> There's nothing funnier to me than the fact that he strapped his car onto oh a rocket God. and it missed. Yeah. It fucking missed. I know. I th- we need to explain that. Do you want to get to that like later or do you want to just talk about Starman now and then talk about space exploration with it? I mean, we can, we can talk about... Yeah, let's talk about Starman now because also... Uh, when I pitched this idea to you, it was, I think, the day of that launch. And it I was, was like, I don't want to come off like I'm bandwagging on <laughs> on SpaceX uh, and the Falcon Heavy launch, which is amazing. But that was really dumb. Yeah. It was oh dumb in, in the way everything Elon Musk does is kind of dumb, but cool. He is the, like, he is a child's idea of a genius. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he has... I think he is he is well intentioned. I I do believe that, but I think also when you make a certain amount of money, you're automatically gonna like. There's a threshold where you just lose your mind, and you're just like, I can do anything now, and it doesn't matter. And I feel like also if your sights are set on terraforming Mars, you already have some crazy ideas. Yeah, you're already like ready to do the like sell a flamethrower for six hundred dollars <laughs> for your boring company. I wonder where the um, the line is. Is it like you make three million dollars a year? You're like, let's fix the world. You make four million. I want to shoot a fucking car into space. <laughs> yeah, I I think if you have the ability to shoot something into space, like what are you not going to send something crazy? And he said the worst thing a company can be is boring. 
So that's why he wanted to put something exciting in the rocket. But I'm like, you're shooting a rocket into space and then landing it again and then aren't going to shoot it again. Is that not exciting enough for you, Elon? That's not boring. Yeah. yeah. Nothing about what you just did was boring. You didn't need the car. I mean, I guess it's kind of cool, but also a waste of your own resources. Yeah. SpaceX is an interesting company because SpaceX is specifically a company designed to get people to colonize Mars, which is a cool idea for when we need to get out of here. Yeah. Because that time is going to come. And that is ultimately good for the world, uh, assuming no one lives on Mars. I don't know. <laughs> I don't feel comfortable making any blanket statement About saying colonizing no something Mars. is good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, there's companies that a lot of these private companies for space, uh, a lot of these private space companies have a motive of like colonizing Mars or asteroid mining. And all those are good things. We're trying to do it to find better resources and uh, save our species. But there's also why NASA is important is that that the interests of NASA are deeply, are solely into space exploration of understanding what is out there and how we got here. And that's not exactly what Elon Musk is doing. No, you don't really make money directly off yeah. of just finding out what the fuck is up. Although no. NASA has made so many incredible discoveries. Yeah. But they're not yeah. profitable. They're not they're not a company. Instead of talking about Elon Musk when we're trying to talk about space, which yeah. I think is what he what's what he wants. He wants, he wants those two things to be synonymous. Yeah. And they're not. He's just yeah. a he's just a dude. You're just a man, Elon. I I want to talk about space exploration. Yeah. Um, how did you first get into space? Oh, I was a super nerd as a kid. I, l like, was fascinated by space as a kid, and I would read very dense books that I could never understand as, like, an eight-year-old about space and just memorize facts. That's so fucking I could awesome. sound smart to people and sound like I know what I was doing. And I also grew up in Florida, so... Uh, I grew up in Miami, but I would go see space launches, and then there are cool things. There's a lot of, like, the Space Center and stuff is around there. So uh, my parents were great people who drove their nerdy little daughter up all the way to go see some shuttle launches and stuff. And uh, I think I mentioned this to you. I uh, I had a space-themed bat mitzvah party. My God. Which was super cool. If that doesn't tell me everything I uh -huh. need to know about yeah, you. Yeah, that's, that's me in a nutshell. Yeah. Uh, it was super cool. And everyone made out in the bathroom. What? <laughs> that's not, what happens at bat mitzvahs. Not, no one made out at my bar mitzvah. Oh, uh, you didn't have a good one then. I really missed out. Yeah. No one made out at my bar Yeah, there was some major drama that went down at mine. Oh, yeah. were you part of it? Uh, no, well, because your whole family is at your like bar and bat mitzvah. Like, your parents and all their friends are there, so. Yeah, I know. You're kind of just, like, stuck, stuck being at the party while a video camera is following your, like, sweaty 13-year-old <laughs> nervous self. Uh, yeah, oh God, I can relate to that so yeah. much. But I, no, nothing went down at the bar mitzvahs I was uh, oh. a party to. Uh, I just didn't, I didn't go to a cool school, I guess, where people made out. Yeah, this is uh, Miami Beach, so oh, we yeah. had all the cool Jews. Do you still have as much of a fascination with space as you did when you were an eight-year-old? Um, I do. I have since grown up and got got and lost a job, but am working. So I don't have time to read my dense textbooks on space anymore, but I do, I'm on a lot of Reddit threads. Part of the thing I love about space exploration is if you're in the middle of your day and doing something and you're a little stressed out about it, 
And then you get that push notification of like, something cool happened on Proxima B that we discovered. And you open and you're like, you know what? The, the world is a bigger, fascinating place than whatever it is that I'm stressed out about right now. Yeah. There's cool things happening that I have no control over. And like, there's a world bigger than me right now. That's such a relief, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I think that idea, and it used to stress me out. Like, sometimes when I watch, if I watch Cosmos, that idea would stress me out of, like, all right, the world's a big, scary place, but sometimes it's amazing. Or you get, like, photos from when the Hubble photos came in or the Voyager photos came in. Like, you see those, and you're like, that's, there's a lot of just natural beauty and, like, cool stuff happening all over, and it's random and chaotic, but we get to be a part of it, and that's awesome. Are you a person affected much by, like, awe? Like, do you get hit by that often? I do mostly when it's space-related. Like, when I've been out in the desert and looked up and been able to see stars, because I grew up in a city, I've been hopping from city to city, so, like, when I'm out in the woods or in the desert and get to like look up into space then yeah it really really hits me then it's mostly when you're surrounded by something so much bigger than you that it hits me but day to day i can kind of forget that it's truly in in the most in the most honest to the definition awe-inspiring oh absolutely like that is yeah that is the most true to definition awesome thing is that You'd look up, and none of this had to happen. You didn't have to be here experiencing it. But there's a thing that's violent and changing and beautiful, and, like, it created everything around us. And we just get to be here kind of witnessing it sometimes. Do you like Brian Cox? I don't know. He's um, he's a British particle physicist. I was just reading a quote on Science Instagram today, and... from him, you could read a quote that almost seems like it's from, like, the most mystic-y guru, where it's like, yeah. we are the universe that's observing itself. Like, yeah. Oh, fuck. I think I said this earlier, but the universe is the thing that created us. So you can kind of, like, and it controls, like, there are laws of this universe that control the way we function and the way things function on other planets. Does it care about your day-to-day life specifically? No. But it still created everything around us, and there's something religious or godlike about just the concept of this universe that before we don't know what happened before it. It was nothing. Yeah. Nothing happened, and then the universe came into existence. We have no clue, and we're a part of it. It's there's a parallel to God in that in that idea of the universe, and that it's ever shifting and it's changing shapes and expanding and. And it's unknowable. In the making of this podcast, I'm trying to read more books that are about awe, right? Yeah. Things that aren't what I would normally read because I have a certain naturalistic mindset yeah. and those types of things excite me more. And the more I read them, occasionally I'll trip up over something and be like, well, how are you going to say that that's how the world is when you can't say that observably? But most yeah. of the time... When, like, I'm reading this this book by um, this Jesuit priest right now, and most of the time when he says God, it doesn't even seem that different from me just talking about, I guess, life, just yeah. everything. If I can give you a, a recommendation for a book like that to read. Yes, please. From, from our people. Uh, oh, from 
From one of us. From one of us. But we're not literate. No. <laughs> Jews don't no, write books. But we did one in secret. Okay. We did one. It was after I went on birthright and like was drinking the Kool-Aid a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but there's this book by uh, this guy, Arya Kaplan, and it's The Jewish Meditation, A Practical Guide. And it talks about a lot of the more mystical stuff in Judaism that you don't hear a lot because the identity of it is a religion very founded and like we're practical people and yeah but there is more to there's like a mystic side to it it's more about like it goes into kabbalah a little bit and explains what that is but he does talk about how no god isn't a being and that's not what the jewish people are meant to see him as but more of like an energy flowing through things and not necessarily not necessarily controlling but like the universe is kind of just this thing that exists around us is atom or particle or whatever that is flowing through. We're just everything a part yeah. of it. Like just an energy that yeah. exists in the world and the universe. I, I think even in the scripture, it can make it kind of difficult to see that because yeah. there is the like, you know, well, our God's better than their God part right. of it. And like, there's, yeah, the yeah. Old Testament story, but this goes into like more Talmudic mm. stuff, which is kind of, it gets into like a little more hippie-ish stuff and like how we were supposed to meditate to kind of contemplate uh yeah that feeling like how meditation is a key to feeling that sense of god uh yeah and there's stuff in the book where i read it and i was like well i don't know if i believe that (laughs) and there's definitely stuff i was skeptical of it but there are cool there are cool points in in that in that uh yeah talked about the tikkun thing and it talked about uh, the meaning, the point of life being to, I, I hate the word he used because it has weird connotations now, but to give the most pleasure, like, and <laughs> I hate that word. And I hate, <laughs> oh, really? Tell me more. Yeah. Uh, that word makes me uncomfortable in the way he said it made me uncomfortable, but he was like, yeah, make people the most happy and yourself the most happy and comfortable in the way that's good for everybody and that's kind of people's mission on earth and it's not and that's the way things are going to be fixed it's not these grand gestures it's just like be a good person do what's good for other people and for yourself and what's going to make other people and yourself happy and that's all you can do i not only do i love that sentiment because i that's something that i need to work on for yeah. myself a lot yeah um because i've i've been just like going through a weird, I suppose you could call it a spiritual yeah. breaking point where like I want to feel very spiritual, but I also just can't it's hard. believe yeah. in any metaphysical thing because it just seems so like, well, you just kind of have to believe it because we say so and that right. bugs me. But we're talking about this because we're talking about space exploration. Right. And that's kind of the vibe I got from that whole thing is like I – I don't know if I necessarily believe in a God, but I do believe in the, like, majesty, I guess, of the universe, of that there's this thing bigger and above us uh, that's essentially in charge of everything we do. Nothing we really do as people, as society. It's all stuff we made up. Yeah. Uh, because this thing let us be here. <laughs> It just happened to because an work that way. Explosion in the sky happened, and now we're here, and we're like setting up rules for ourselves. But the only thing that is inescapable, truly, is the universe, the right. like world that we're in. And it's cool 
that we go out and try to like discover more about it. And then we discover more about ourselves and how we got here. And that's what I love about space exploration. Like I love the the gravitational wave thing we just started mapping. Yeah. It's so cool. Basically what we discovered when we discovered gravitational waves and it uh, proved Einstein's theory of relativity right pretty much is uh, we found out that black holes converge. And when they converge, it's this violent explosion and there's mappable gravitational waves to that. So we can kind of like it change when I'm not doing a good job of explaining this. So I I was just listening to Jan Eleven explain this. Let yeah, me it's try. hard for me to explain. Uh, so black holes are incredibly dense, very small points in the universe. So yeah. space time uh, warps into them. Yeah. So the way that she was explaining um, how like gravity is warped by or how space time is warped by gravity is like just throw your keys and the way your keys sort of arc down is that's the warping of space time it's that trajectory right oh that's a good way of she's so smart Um, that's yeah yeah that's amazing so if you were just like in a completely warp free space i guess to use a a difficult word and just threw your keys that go straight because space time wouldn't be warped there right it would go straight forever and you would never For, see yeah. them again, and you're shit out of luck getting back into your yeah. apartment. Uh, but a black hole is an incredibly dense space uh, where space-time is extremely warped, and so it attracts other things to it. When two black holes attract one another, because they're so massive, yeah. they warp space-time around them in an observable pattern. And it's you can't see it, but she... And other scientists almost more talk about hearing it, yeah, because it the way that it warps space is almost like banging on a drum, and so they set up this experiment that's insanely technically um, brilliant. Yeah, I yeah. W- when I knew I wanted to talk about this, and I was like afraid of trying to explain it, so I'm glad you're doing it because it's like this is gonna be a difficult one for me to. Say with my dumb words. No, your words are very smart. I just have, I'm good at remembering yeah. exactly what yeah. she said because uh, she's real smart. Yeah. Yeah. Guys, no one in this room is smart. We're just yeah. parroting one smart woman. Yeah. Um, so when these gravitational waves sort of ripple out, it's big enough that it can kind of affect places around them. Yeah. So they built this experiment um, called LIGO, which is like laser something gravitational so i you know yeah, look yeah. it up anyway they're it's, trying to see space warping yeah and, they're trying to see yeah. space warping and see if they can figure out what's on the other like how it changes off the other side of the black hole because basically when that happens it changes the shape of space yeah uh which is super cool for a brief moment like it yeah. comes back yeah but like, it changes like everything yeah. yeah like think about if you took a like big sheet of paper and flung it how it like wobbles and changes its shape and then goes back it's yeah. elastic it which is so cool to know that that's kind of happening in small ways yeah i mean huge time. ways huge right yeah you're in unfathomably big ways, big ways. Yes. uh but that that shit breaks my mind yeah uh there was the thing in the Neil deGrasse Tyson cosmos that gave me, like, the biggest panic attack of, like, I mean nothing for, for a moment was, uh, yeah, just contemplating how big everything is because there's a uh, – he, like, 
brings everything out. Like you see a small bubble in water and then it goes out, it zooms out and then it's a waterfall and then you see everything around the waterfall. And I was like, I don't understand anything. Uh, and is that but, then when they zoom out and you see the earth yeah. and then you see the solar system? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's scary, but once you digest it, it's kind of nice to think about of like, all right, I'm just part of this thing. Yeah. Uh, and there's not much I can do to change it. I just have to go along with it. This thing is happening around me. And it's really cool. I, I think that's really cool, too. It's so ego deflating. It is. And I think that's going back to what I talked about earlier with, like, people wanting to do good but having bad ideas <laughs> and bad tendencies. I think one of the worst tendencies is selfishness. And that's what gets in the way of people doing good is self-interest because then you're not worried about anybody else. It's obviously a bad trait. And it's hard to be selfish when you think about how massive the universe is and what a small part of it you are. Yeah. It's hard to put yourself before anything. And yeah. you don't matter ultimately. Right. And I think that's ultimately what's cool about space exploration and the fact that we keep doing it, the fact that NASA exists and we're exploring space for no other reason than to try to understand it the human race or species, we're not being complacent. We're still trying to figure that out and better ourselves by exploring space and where we came from. It's kind of the trippiest thing that yeah. we do. Yeah. It's it's just a bunch of nerds being like, what is this? This is so cool. Yeah. It's almost childlike in a way that we just want to figure out how this whole thing works. It's hard. It's to... massive and big, but the fact that we're doing it is... I think really cool and really pure. People are spending their entire life awash in a mystery, which yeah. is just fucking religious. Right. And that's what's different between what like Elon Musk is doing and what like planetary exploration's doing instead of like trying to achieve a goal or some, or like asteroid mining or trying to find a resource from this. We're just doing it to see. And that's really cool and I think the scariest thing to me that people can do is be complacent in, like, our place in the universe. And the fact that we're still discovering it and we're not, it shows that we're not going to be the Wally people <laughs> floating around just playing video games while robots do everything. We're still going to try. There will be enough people who will want to oh, yeah. do that. <laughs> there are certainly yeah. people, but the I feel like ultimately the people that matter are the people that are pushing us forward. I and, can't agree with you more, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that's kind of the important thing about exploring just to explore. I mean, ultimately, we'll probably need to go to another planet. Yeah, uh, And that's important and cool. And thank you to the people who are smart enough to figure out how to do that. But also, let's just see what's out there. Let's <laughs> yeah. just go outside. There's cool stuff all around. The like the whole Voyager, I think it's Voyager 2, turning around and taking yeah. a picture of Earth. That was, yeah. There's no reason we needed to do that. No, but it's so cool. Yeah. That's the farthest thing out in space right now. It's an interstellar space. I looked this up last night. That is so cool. Yeah. So it, interstellar space, it hasn't left our galaxy. Nothing has left our galaxy. Oh, yeah. It'll take yeah. t too long. There won't be humans by the time we've shot something out of our galaxy. I know. But Blows. I want to go out there so yeah, bad. I want to so see bad. what's out there. But yeah, interstellar space is outside our solar system. So it's gone plast. It's the furthest thing out there. That's so cool. Yeah. What's going on out there? Chris Nolan's making movies. That's it. <laughs> you shoot Voyager 2 out there and it's just Chris Nolan with a camera? Yeah, it's, like... that, it's that camera. He, it's the IMAX camera he broke by shooting up into space. 
Wait, did he actually do that for Interstellar? Yeah, he got a shot. He shot an IMAX camera into space. Holy shit. Yeah, it's super cool. I should. And it's such a short scene. It's like one shot. I love how we're saying that's super cool, but when Elon Musk shoots one roadster. We're ready to jump on it. It's because it got mainstream. Yeah, ugh, he's sold out. He's sold out, yeah. Everyone knows about Falcon Heavy. Wait, did we talk about, though, how it missed on the podcast yet? Because I know you and I were talking about it. Oh, no, I don't think we did talk about how it missed. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't want to take away, because I can't believe when I watched the two shuttles land, that was incredible. I, like, could not believe what I was watching, watching them land so perfectly and in sync. I don't want to take away from... How big that is, that we can send a rock into space, bring it back, and then use it again. That's amazing. But part of it did miss. Yeah. The part that missed is he attached his car to a rocket ship, tried to shoot it to Mars, and then it just missed. It missed orbit, yeah. Yeah. He just Uh, shot a car into space for no reason. Yeah, no, it's just floating around there. It's just debris in space forever now. Forever. We're not getting it back. No. Uh, And then... The best is the camera was attached to it, and I didn't realize it had missed for a little while. I didn't read that it missed. It's just like, what is it doing? It's just, it's showing just space. for It's not in orbit. Like, you could tell that he was off. Yeah. He was just, like, floating through nothing. <laughs> well, fuck. What an existential end to Starman. Oh, God, that's so... The space is also so great. It's ego-destroying in the good way, but yeah. it can be ego-destroying in and, the... Yeah, I mean, I don't think... Elon's ego is too bruised from this. He did land. That's true. Like, he did make his money back. He'll be right. able to shoot that again. When you're out hiking, right, because yeah. you rock climb, you hike. Yeah, I, I'm an outdoors woman. You're, right. Um, thank you for using the, the gender-appropriate mm-hmm. word. When you're out doing that and the stars come out, or even you're just, like, looking at a fucking tree, Yeah. does a thing you heard about space impact the, like, the feeling you get when you're looking at it? No. No, okay. <laughs> no, I mean, not like a specific fact or whatever. Like, yeah. I, I'm able to look at it now, and because I was a nerd as a kid and researched space, I'm able to like tell what those things are. But that's not really what's going through my mind when I see that stuff. It's more like, oh, my God, this is so cool. This is beautiful. I'm a tiny person. <laughs> And this is going on all around me. And my mind kind of just goes blank when I see that. I'm just like, oh, shit, I'm not important. It's, yeah, I'm right there with you. I think, so we've covered without even trying all of my major questions. Yeah. How things are good for you personally, how they're good for the world in general. I mean, also good for the world in that so many of the cool just everyday things we have are products of... Space adventure, like space exploration. Hey, let's hear about that. I think people who don't know about this shit should probably hear some of the cool shit they have because oh. of space. Yeah, like most of the inventions are just because we tried to send some guy to the moon once and like <laughs> then we realized all this cool stuff we can have in our house. Like memory foam was invented just because they wanted to make pilot seats more comfortable in spacecrafts. That's very nice of them. Yeah, so that's why we have memory foam mattresses. Um LED lights are also a product of uh, spaceflight. Really? Yeah, I forget why exactly. But I know LED lights, scratch-resistant lenses, like in your glasses, are so people can look out right, windows. Yeah. Uh, even like Air Max shoes, Nike Air Max, uh, that's 
spacesuit technology in shoes. Oh, no wonder they're so good at jumping. Yeah, yeah, that's why. I know, that was dumb. Yeah. dumb. I don't know if that joke's even going to read. We'll see. Okay, we'll see. Uh, but, Nike, yeah, uh, that was one. A dustbuster is also, uh, like, a smaller version of an engine. Really? Yeah, it's just, like, su- like the idea of, instead of, blo- like, sucking, suction. Yeah. Is comes from the idea of space travel. That's so awesome that they yeah. wanted to shoot a man into space, and they're like, we have to invent the world now. Right, We yeah, and then they're like, well, we have all these things lying around, so. Sell them. Uh, yeah, yeah, sell them, why not? Uh, baby formula, also. Why is, baby formula? Baby formula is made out of algae, and I think that was part of, like, they're singing how long algae can sustain itself as a food source. Holy shit. And that became part of baby formula. That's awesome. And also, like, freeze-dried food. Yeah. You had the, like, the Spaceman ice cream. <laughs> like, th- just because we've gone into space, we have most of the things we have in our modern day. So yeah. anybody listening to this, as you're driving around or, like, walking your dog or what else do people do while they're listening to podcasts? Trying to avoid work, yeah. um, pretending yeah. you're listening to a seminar. Cleaning a room. Yeah, cleaning a room um, from... With like, your dust buster. Everything... A full circle. Yeah, a lot of things you have <laughs> are because we decided to shoot a guy on a rocket That's into crazy. Space. Also, yeah. Who the, the fuck signs up for that? That's insane. The, there was a person on the moon once. Yeah. That's just, so crazy. Like, there. Yeah. We landed a person on the moon, and I couldn't figure out long division for the longest time. <laughs> And they did that without, like, a fucking iPhone. I know. We didn't have a selfie of it. That's also a stupid yeah. joke. Yeah. <laughs> That's not a stupid joke at all. I wish someone had taken a selfie yeah. of them on the moon. Yeah, like, the flag. And yeah. The, uh, we had enough pictures. That's true. But it would have been way better if, like, yeah. John Glenn or Neil Armstrong. Right, if he had, like, a Snapchat filter yeah. on there. She's like, on the moon, bitches. Snapchat has definitely figured out a filter for the moon. Yeah. Like, a geo filter for it. <laughs> Geotagged uh, yeah. tranquility base. Uh, if you haven't got on that Snapchat, do it now. Yeah, get on that shit. You know how viral a selfie from the moon would go? With the... That would break the internet. It would yeah. almost be as good as Kim Kardashian's paper photos. Uh, almost, but not quite. No. Are there more things you would like to touch on that maybe I didn't steer towards? Um, I can't think of anything. I'm not sure. Did we talk about space a lot? I feel like we've talked about a lot of other things surrounding space. Uh, nothing's around space. Space around right. space. Right. Okay. <laughs> All I, right, Mr. Smarty Pants. Yeah, I'm sorry. I am yeah. wearing my smart pants today. Yeah. They're shorts. Cause they're, smart shorts. They're pants smart enough to not. To, yeah, yeah. to uh, realize we're in Los Angeles and it's hot. Yeah, it's so hot out here. We talked about space a lot. If there's more cool shit you just want to drop, or if you have like a reading list or a video list you want the audience to go look at, that would be awesome. Because I always love... Uh, like, hey, check this person's lecture out or, like, do this. So I would appreciate that as well. Ooh. Lectures. I mean, we talked a lot about kind of wrapping your head around the vastness of the universe. Uh, and it's very hippy-dippy stuff. But if you haven't, and this is, like, a popular lecture series on YouTube, but Alan Watts' stuff, he does a really good job at kind of scaling you down yeah. and realizing your place and things. He Alan- doesn't necessarily talk a lot about space, but the the concepts that we were talking about of where you are in this whole thing. He does it's, such a good job of bridging that world yeah. of academia and mysticism so that right. 
people who are very much heady and people who are very much right. not can all get behind it. Can understand. We talked, I think, before this podcast, but I'm not sure if we talked about her too much. Jana Levine. The, the whole LIGO thing we were talking about was us her, yeah. doing our damnedest. To try to yeah. sound as smart as she is. I uh, always heard it Levin. Because I know you can pronounce that name either way. ways. As a, Levin? As a tribe member. Oh, okay. Yeah. Maybe I was chewing it down or up. I don't know. I think Levine is up. Up. Classic. Yeah. Classic Greenberg. Classic Greenberg. Greenberg. Yeah. 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 That's that's top of the food chain. Uh-huh. No, my <laughs> um my brother's best friend growing up, the man the man who officiated his wedding actually is a Greenberg. Nice. So Greenbergs and Schiffmans always, yeah. always run together. <laughs> yep. She is uh incredible incredibly smart woman, astrophysicist, on the level of the people you've heard of, like Neil deGrasse Tyson. Go check out what she's talking about. Cause she is working on some cool stuff. Really cool stuff. Yeah. And so you, when you said woman, you kind of paused because like, yeah, there are plenty of women doing this cool shit. You right. just don't hear about them. Yeah. I was listening to one of her lectures and stupidly I looked at the comments and the first comment was like, yo, she got nice legs though. Oh my God. <laughs> of course. It's like, I mean, yeah, I mean, kind of, but that's not but that's why not we're the here. Point. Yeah. This is a brilliant woman. Yeah, this a brilliant per- person. This person is smart, much smarter than yeah. you. Or may- maybe she's not smarter than you, but she knows more shit than also, you. Also, why did you come to this video? Yeah, this is not... There's better legs on YouTube. Right. You're on YouTube, and you went to an astrophysicist lecture? Anyway, check out Jana Levine. She has smart things to say. Yeah. Um, and, and really interesting. And really nice legs, we've learned. And and great legs. Yeah. You know, don't take away from that. But, <laughs> that's, that's not the reason you should go. But that's not the point. Yeah. Uh, she's uh, incredibly intelligent. I mean, everyone knows Neil deGrasse Tyson. She kind of tones down the celebrity of it a little bit. Mm-hmm. She's not doing her character, which I find refreshing. Of course, my two cents is you've got to watch Sagan's Cosmos. Oh, yeah. Even if you don't Watch the OG. Ugh. If you don't care about what we're talking about, for you... Awe-inspiring stuff is like a Hindu mysticism or something. Still, yeah. watch Sagan's Cosmos. It yeah. will not make you feel challenged. It's like just no. beautiful. I don't think anybody can walk away from Sagan's Cosmos and like not feel like something related heavily to them. Yeah, there's something in there for everyone, and it's amazing, and it makes you feel good and like everything around you is cool and awe-inspiring. It's like Mr. Rogers. Yeah. It's Mr. Rogers for nerds. Oh, God. It's so good. Yeah. (laughs) Because Mr. Rogers, we all know, is for cool kids. For cool kids. Only the cool kids. Man, all those times I got beaten up in high school by dudes. You should have just been like, I'm a Mr. Rogers fan. I like Mr. Rogers. I'm I'm like you. (laughs) I'm just like you. Yeah. Ah, this is this is a really beautiful conversation, and I am grateful for having it. I think a little bit more awe in my life. Is there anywhere where my audience can find you? Because I would love for them to be able to find you and your work. Yeah, uh, you can find me on Twitter at at Bridget Tweets. And that's Bridget with two Ts. Tweets with the normal amount of Ts. <laughs> so it's three Ts three, in a row. Yeah. It's, it's a lot. But uh, it's at Bridget Tweets. I'll uh, be posting the stuff I do on there. And that's where you can find me. Okay, guys, thank you so much for listening. As I say every time, if you like the podcast, please share it with a friend. Like it on iTunes. I would love uh, a couple more ratings. It really goes a long way to help people find the podcast. 
I'm on Facebook at at least pod. I'm on Instagram at at least pod. And I'm now on Twitter also at at least pod. Same thing. You can find me on all places. I tweet about the shows I've done and you can find me there. I'd love to hear from you guys and I'll talk to you next episode. Bye. Bye. class and show information, visit Nerdiskool.com.